Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 114 of the College Loop Podcast. We got another full house here today. Joined the day by Harrison Tart, Daniel Locke, and Colin Byersdorf. Colin, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm doing great. What about you, Dylan? No one ever asks you. I, I'm doing okay. Thank you, Colin. The college loop sweetheart, if you will. Uh, Daniel, how you how you doing? Um, I would imagine a touch better than you right now, Dylan, considering my New Orleans Saints are beating your Carolina Panthers 20 to 9 with three minutes left to play. I've not watched a single minute of the game. Well, that's tough. Apparently, your coaching staff hadn't either. Oh, uh, all I know is the offensive line is just not good. I tweeted out earlier, Joe Alt, you are a Carolina Panther. So <laughs> bring the O line to the Panthers. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Tara, how you doing? <laughs> I'm also here. Yeah, no, it's all good. I didn't know if the prompt was coming. Um, to hell with me, I guess. Let's talk Auburn football. We're, we're jumping in right here on the college loop. It is way too early to talk about this, but it's actually not way too early. It's game week for Texas A&M officially. This show's being recorded on Monday, coming out on Tuesday. So we're just a few days away from Auburn traveling to College Station for Hugh Freeze and Company's first test in the sec a road test in a hostile environment uh and kyle field and a game that texas a&m for lack of a better term fellas has got its back against the wall and it's funny to say that and weird to say that after just three games of a non-conference schedule but a&m a&m's in a spot of spots right now and 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 they're staring down a potential and when we keep saying this and i wholly wholeheartedly believe it buyout and, and, and tr- transition turnover for Jimbo Fisher. I mean, this this is, uh, in my opinion, the closest thing you're going to see to a dead man walking and barring them not firing Jimbo Fisher after following their next loss, not if, but when it happens this year. We've got a lot of of, of unknowns on, on, the, on the Auburn side of the ball, and we'll talk about those here in just a moment. But first and foremost, let's just talk about the things that Auburn has to do. When they travel, 11 a.m. kickoff. Yes, it sucks. Thank God for those of you watching at home or listening at home from from Auburn that are planning on going to the games. Thank God this one isn't a home game. You don't have to wake up super, super early. There are no shower beers necessitated here, Colin, or unless you really just want to do that. But there's there's no early tailgating. You don't have to have breakfast. You don't need to bring the Chick-fil-A biscuits to the tailgate. You can go get those on your own. Folks, what does Auburn have to do? To walk into Kyle Field and escape that that hostile environment unscathed and move into 4-0 going into the Deep South's oldest rivalry. I'll open it to you first, Mr. Mr. Locke. 
Thank you. Um, so kind of Hugh Freeze touched on this today in his press conference, and it's something that I'm very adamant about. An 11 a.m. kick always benefits the road team. Um, the sure. environment's not as good, and as, particularly when it's like an 11 o'clock kick in your own time zone. Um, college station's on the same time Auburn is. Um, so body clock stays the same. Obviously, anytime you travel, it affects your routine a little bit. But I'm not really expecting the time to play against Auburn here at all. If it was a night game or even a 2.30 game, I'd be a little more scared about that particular part of it. But I'm not. I think that works out very well for Auburn. So as far as escaping College Station with a dub, um, you have to get the ground game going early. Um, I really feel like a sure way Auburn wins this game is to have two 100-yard rushers. Granted that they haven't had a single running back break that, and the only um, time they've had one 100-yard rusher was Peyton Thorne. Um, I'm not sure how likely that is. And it's not the only way Auburn wins, but it certainly is an avenue to victory there. Um, I'm looking for a one interception or less day from Peyton Thorne. Um, I'm looking for better decision-making this week. Um, I'm a pretty gracious person, so I'll allow him one. Uh, that, that's fine. Like I said, former DB myself, I get it. It's tough. So yeah, I'll, I'll allow one there. Um, for the defense, I would really just like them to show some life when it comes to stopping the run game without putting nine guys in the box. Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't think you can get it done with having to rely on sticking nine guys in the box because this Texas A&M offense can do things through the air. And this defense is going to be in skeleton crew mode. Um, you're without Austin Keys. You're without Keontae Scott. Uh, Donovan Coffin's banged up. It's supposed to be back. Who knows with Nehemiah Pritchett. Um, those are some important people I just named. Um, and Auburn's going to have to find a way to potentially go without all of them. There's so, certain, you're, you're absolutely right. Sorry to cut you off there, Daniel. You're good. Um, there's certainly a number of avenues um, in, in which Auburn walks out of this game with with a victory. Unfortunately sure. for, for Auburn fans, there's equally as many avenues that they walk out three and one, and and, and that that's absolutely, in my opinion, if you want to compete, I, I don't think that's on the table. I think this is one of those you've got to compete and you've got to compete well. Colin, we heard Daniel talk about establishing the run game to open up the pass, and Dylan talked on the Sunday night live stream about Auburn should be attacking this game through the air. Uh, in, in in what's an inferior secondary in my mind, um, and, and Texas A&M. Now the front seven, different story. It's almost like if you could piece the A&M defense and the Auburn defense together, you might have something that could work in the SEC. But <laughs> Daniel mentioned the the limiting the turnovers from, from Peyton Thorne. In my, in my book, you you got you to keep those to nil, and I, I'm with you, Daniel, and you have some leeway there. But what does Auburn need to do through the air, Mr. Byersdorf? Uh, in, in order to, to really um, not not only just win this game, but but make sure that they're comfortably in the driver's seat. I mean, they have to get the air game going, period. Um, we saw against Miami, Tyler Van Dyke had five passing touchdowns. Um, this Texas A&M defense weakness is covering uh, that air game. And so Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, whoever it may be, I think it's going to be Peyton Thorne uh, for the rest of the season. I think he's finally earned his spot as QB1 on this team. But we need to see him getting the ball downfield uh, using these weapons that we've seen uh, have developed here at Auburn. Rivaldo Fairweather, Jay Fair, Shane Hooks. We need to get uh, just our wide receivers involved with this offense. 
um, continue with the downfield passing that we saw versus Samford. And then instead of just focusing all the pass, kind of finally put see what this offense is about, really. Uh, put both sides of the ball together, running, passing, and just see what this offense can do against this Texas A&M defense. So to kind of synthesize what you said before I open up the keys to Dylan here on, on this on this note, and I, I want to expand for just, just one second. You said, see what this offense is about. And, 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 and we keep saying it, and we keep not seeing it executed the way that we keep thinking that we're going to. Auburn's got to commit to that RPO. It, it, it has got to, if it's going to be your identity, damn it, make your identity, make it your identity, and make it your identity now. Because now is the time. There is no more gatekeeping film. It is time to open up the playbook. Um, there is no more playing possum, as someone mentioned on our live stream on Sunday night. There is no more, hey, we can use this decoy package that nobody is just going to throw people off on film. You can implement that here and there if you're up. You've got to win in the toughest league in, in the in, in, in the country. And, and, and you've got to do it week after week. You've got, you're going to have to open up this playbook. Running that RPO effectively, like like pretty much I think, Dylan, uh, Colin, that's what you were alluding to. Has, has, is not negotiable now. You've, you've got to go to your bread and butter. You've got to let Peyton Thorne cook. I know that sounds like a, a dumb cliche, but you like like you guys mentioned, the downfield pass is obviously part of every football game and the winning recipe, like you mentioned, Tyler Van Dyke with five touchdown passes on AM's head. But it's a winning recipe, period, in this league. After Saturday's showcase and kind of not abandonment of the run, but essentially abandonment of the run, you'd like to think that now Auburn can – kind of regroup and say, here is what we have. Here is what we know we can do. Let's execute it at a higher level. Let's mesh it all together. Let's not just see the pass playbook or the run playbook. Dylan, there is still a world, and I'm going to I'm gonna put the ball on the tee for you. And I know you're going to go backtrack and talk, touch on these other guys' comments. And that's absolutely fine. But I'm going to put the ball on the tee for you in your, in your fan club. There is an, an element here, fellas, and, and I'm being so serious, that you do need to mix in Robbie Ashford packages this week. And, and, and that's, it's, it's really non-negotiable because if you've got those quote unquote red zone, Robbie, if you want to throw it up while I'm talking, that's fine. Don't, I don't really care, but the, your, your quote unquote red zone, Robbie packages, you've got to mix those in by, while also maintaining balance with Peyton Thorne and, and, and make sure that, you know, it's clear Peyton Thorne's QB one, but you've got this weapon in this freak athlete in your arsenal. How can you use him to your advantage and what's going to be the most hostile environment you've been in this thus far. Now, Dylan, what does it look like in terms of effectively using Robbie Ashford? And I'm not talking about the, oh, Robbie Ashford comes in, saves the day superhero. Let's talk about truthfully, effectively, and logistically, how does Robbie Ashford fit into Auburn taking down Texas A&M on the road this weekend? Yeah, so the game I like, I'm going to use whenever I'm an analytically looking at Texas A&M is that Miami game. That's the game we're all going to talk about. That's the game where they played an opponent equal to them. And Tyler Van Dyke went in through 300. 374 yards and five touchdowns. Well, here's the thing about Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke is a pure passing quarterback. Peyton Thorne is going to have to be that on Saturday. And we have not seen four quarters worth of any game has been where he can, he's proved that. But Texas A&M does have a good run defense. They have a really good run defense. They held Miami to just 77 yards on 24 carries. Has 3.2 yards per carry. Robbie Asher is going to have to be utilized in the RPO in that red zone, mix and match down the field. I know we hated it against Cal when it happened, but it probably wouldn't hurt to do it once a, once in a drive and, and certain scenarios in the middle of the red zones. Just because you're going to have to open up the playbook in some way, and I think you're going to have to show off Robbie Ashford's arm a little bit in these in RPO situations for a play and to take him out, put Peyton Thorne back in to throw the ball, or even let Peyton Thorne run the ball. 
RPOs are going to be huge for Auburn to win this game because you're going to have to trick this front seven into not baiting on either the quarterback or the running back because you need to you, you need to utilize the fact that Auburn has two quarterbacks who can do both. Tyler Van Dyke, not really a mobile guy, doesn't like to run. Uh, he'll take a sack before he tries to run the ball out of the pocket. Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford, both. Uh, Peyton Thorne, going to say Peyton Thorne more so, just because he's going to be the guy who's going to be taking the bulk of the snaps this game. Uh, I, think I, think, so. I think Robbie Ashford might get 10 snaps at quarterback, uh, and Peyton Thorne's going to get all of the rest, as it should be, as, as we as will, as will is the best way to run a two-quarterback system in college football. Auburn is going to have to perfect this passing game. Tyler Van Dyke went into Hard Rock Stadium in a neutral site environment, it felt like, and was able to get the ball down the field. If you look at Miami's receiving yards, uh, they're, uh, Miami's top five receiving – or top, I'm going to say top four re- receivers against XAM. Their longest pass was 48 yards, 64 yards, 32 yards, 52 yards. The deep ball is going to be your friend this game. AM does not lack uh, – AM lacks the – DVs to that can cover down the field. This is not the AM team of, of last year. AM kind of struggled sometimes with the run last year and was perfect in stopping the pass. This year, inverse. They can stop the run, but they cannot stop the pass very well. Offensively, though, AM is also inverse from last year. Offensively, AM likes to pass the ball more than they like to run the ball. This is not an AM team that we, we were used to since uh, Johnny Manziel. And even then, Johnny Manziel ran the ball a lot. Uh, but Texas A&M rushed for 97 yards on 29 carries against Miami for 3.3 yards a carry. Uh, Auburn's strength is the pass defense forced them to start running the ball. They can't do it. Uh, and this is, I think this game is going to end up being very close. But fun fact, Auburn is 4-1 and against Texas A&M in College Station since their introduction to the SEC. Also, to expand on that, Auburn is 7-3 in road games. They kick at 11 a.m. since 2010. Just throwing that out there. Weird side stat, and I know that that one really doesn't matter. That doesn't play. But something interesting I saw earlier today. We're going to talk more in depth about the X's and O's as the week goes on of, of Auburn versus Texas A&M. And we'll be joined on the Friday preview show, Dylan and I will, by Hunter Mitchell and Kate Harris of the Texas A&M excuse me, Battalion. That's their student-run uh, student uh, newspaper there. They're the editor-in-chief, excuse me, sports editor and assistant sports editor of the Texas A&M Battalion. Very excited to talk to them about what's going on over in Aggieland. Pick their brains about the uh, Jimbo Fisher situation. Now, fellas, there is, and, and Daniel, you alluded to it earlier, so I'm coming back to you here. There is the injury bug that is looming. And, and it's week four. Colin, you talked about it on Sunday. It's part of the game. It's also unfortunate. Um, that, that that Auburn is facing here uh, and, and, and a handful of really kind of key positions. And, and it it's apparent that we're really not going to get a good good idea of, of who's going to actually see game action on Saturday since, you know, Keontae Scott was listed on the depth chart for the week. And and that, that just goes to show that Hugh Freeze really just does not give a shit about depth charts, which is fine. But, Daniel, I'm going to start here. Who are some guys that really need to step up in some absences? And this is becoming a weekly theme, and it's probably not going to change when you go down the stretch with an SEC schedule. Guys are going to get banged up. But who are some guys that you're looking at to step up in, in a big way on Saturday? Because let's let's just be honest, folks. Auburn's going to need a complete team effort, and, and it's going to take a couple of people you might not expect stepping up to win on, on the road. This team is still very much in its adolescence of its of this new uh, new tenure. Daniel, where does that begin? Sure. 
So we'll just kind of start in the secondary um, since it's a especially bad back there. Um, no Keontae Scott. Uh, Donovan Kaufman's a question mark. Um, Nehemiah Pritchett's a question mark. I'm really looking at the two young guys, uh, Sylvester Smith and Kyan Lee. Um, both have gotten some a good amount of reps in game so far. Granted, it's been a non-con play, so you can't really take too much from it, but at least they've gotten on the field. So I'm really looking at them to, you know, step up and, you know, prove that they do in fact belong in the SEC. Um, kind of moving into the linebacker core with the absence of Austin Keys again. I'm expecting another big day from Eugene Asante. Um, I think Jalen McLeod can really step up on the outside. Um, and then there's been a lot. It, it seems like every season these two names, Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley, really pop up, and a lot of people are high on them. And then the season starts, and they absolutely just do not get it done. So if I'm Ron Roberts, I'm telling those two guys, hey, you know, it can't be fun for everyone to say you blow on social media. Like, I wouldn't want that said about me. This is your chance to prove that you don't blow. Flip the script. This is your chance to prove that you belong on the Auburn Tigers defense. Um, if I could get a quote graphic on that one, that would just be phenomenal. Uh, that, that, that's really funny. We'll put that um, one right next to Collins. Peyton Thorne's balls look nice. <laughs> and don't mess, mess with someone's grandma. <laughs> I stand by both those comments. As you should. <laughs> Daniel, sorry, continue. No, you're good. I was just about done. Um, and then on the offensive line, uh, Isaiah Two Tall Miller's a little banged up. Um, Cam Stutz didn't finish the game against Sanford. So hopefully those two are okay. Because if this offensive line gets banged up, well, it's kind of it's not the end of the world. Because as Gunnar Britton said, like they have eight guys who can play, which is great. Um, a lot of teams don't have that. So. I feel like that's a saving grace for this week for sure. But, you know, the linebacker room and the defensive back room, they don't really have that same luxury. So, sure. you know, hopefully DK is good to go. Um, hopefully Nehemiah Pritchett's able to, to make his season debut. Um, whatever the issue is there, I'm glad they're not rushing it. Um, hopefully he will be fully healthy. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. There, there's a name that I think you missed out on, Daniel. Uh, with, oh, yeah. the, with the loss of Keontae Scott mm-hmm. and Donovan Kaufman still being up in the air, Caleb Wooden oh, yeah. is going to be in that star position For sure. more often than not. Uh, he, he is the third string behind those two guys, and he is going to be very prevalent in this system. Uh, he led Auburn in tackles against Sanford, uh, he, and he showed out very well. Uh, he got uh, one, ta- one and a half tackles for a loss. And six tackles. Uh, he is going to be the star position for the Auburn Tigers against Texas A&M, and I do like the Jalen McLeod uh, bring up as well because he did have a get, have himself a game against Texas A&M last year for App State, and it's the same O line and basically the same offense he's he played uh, from last year too. So big day I, for Jalen McLeod. I think we're missing just one more uh, place and he's step up, and that's whoever is taking punts uh, for Auburn. I was about this to week. say Jalen Simpson. Mm-hmm. Jalen Simpson, Jay Fair, Javarius Johnson, whoever is back there receiving punts. Um, we can't have a muffed punt against Texas A&M in College Station. Um, you can do that against Sanford. You can't do that in the SEC. I would go so, a step further and say you can't do that against Sanford. 
don't do yeah. it at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Colin, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was actually going to do the same thing and, and mention uh, actually Jalen Simpson. If, if he is the guy that's going to be returning punts, which to be quite just transparent with you guys, I really just, I don't know. I don't have an educated guess. Um, I don't want that, a, I don't want him returning punts. I want him catching punts. That's yeah, well, that's 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 fine. Look, if I had to make an educated guess, that's who I would put back there. If no one else can can catch and return well, effectively, I mean, that's that's the safe route. And at some point, it is better to play safe than play risky. If you get down in, in, in a tough spot and you throw Brian Batty, Batty back there to try to get flip the flip the field, so be it. But they cross the bridge when you get there, right? But that being said, Colin, I'm going to leave with you here uh, as as we kind of. Look forward into this, into the abyss that is the SEC season and the mess that is the SEC right now. Let's just be honest, right? It is it is imperative that you look back at these first three. We've looked at these first three non-conference games uh, from an objective standpoint, talking about did Auburn get better here? Did Auburn get better there? Um, did did you know? Did we get these questions answered? X Y Z, right? We've tried to check off all these boxes as as analysts. But something that I don't think that we've touched base enough on the show. And we meant to do it on the live stream on Sunday. That's on me. I completely was in the driver's seat and just did not stop at that stop sign. Not the first stop sign I've rolled. It's okay. We'll move forward. Uh, for legal reasons, that is a joke, officer. I've never rolled a stop sign. But that's wrong. <laughs> for what, whatever, uh, for, for what it's worth, Colin, when you, when you look at these these three non-con opponent, opponents being obviously UMass, Cal, and Sanford, where do you assess this in terms of readiness for Auburn in terms of how has this been the appropriate non-conference schedule how much has that bit played to Auburn's benefit other than just going three and out I mean obviously going three though is, is great in any any regards but I think it has really helped Auburn um you've got UMass where you got to really test out what your team was you got to play a lot of different guys and then you went to Cal and you had your your competitive game um, before coming back and really testing out our, our passing attack versus Samford. So I think the combination of those three teams have really uh, given Auburn a look forward into the season um, and just three three weeks of, of getting better uh, going into SEC competition. And I think we've all kind of agreed that this Texas A&M game is one of the most important games on Auburn's schedule. So just getting ready for Texas A&M has been huge, and I think those three games have have helped Auburn do that. I agree wholeheartedly. I'm just going to put it up a nice little bow on this. And this was actually prescripted for me. And I'm going to use this as a quote graphic, not because of the ease of access, but because I've kind of marinated on this question since Sunday, uh, since I pitched it and forgot to say it on the show. I think that this non-conference slate is exactly what the doctor ordered for Hugh Freeze in this new tenure. And and I say that for, for the sole purpose of, let's just be honest here, folks. Auburn was in a dumpster fire. I mean, they were they were in the ditch, down on road, dead. OK, uh, that's that's really the, the state of the program that, that Hugh Freeze inherited in terms of the guys you had in the program, not discounting the character of anybody, but the football talent we we're allowed to evaluate. And 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 just just to be brutally honest, it, Auburn was up Shit's Creek and, and and you look and you say, OK, we've got all these new faces coming in from the portal. We've had so many guys leave. This team looks completely different. We have a new guy, out of, a new shiny quarterback out of the transfer portal. And we're still going to try to work in this this, you know, returning starter or incumbent, if you will, in Robbie Ashford. And, and you have these three games against not one opponent that I would look and say this is a rigorous opponent that prepares you for SEC schedule. But like you mentioned, Colin, each week presented something a little bit different. And the order was almost perfect too, right? Because you don't want that Cal game first. And you also don't want the Cal game to be third, if that makes sense. Um, having it sandwiched between UMass and, and Sanford was, was almost perfect for, for Auburn in terms of getting your guys in, 
Against UMass, you can make mistakes. You can figure out who works in what packages. And you saw Hugh Freeze do that a lot. You saw a lot of rotations. You saw a lot of substitutions. Then you go out to Cal, you pull one out of your butt, and so be it. A win is a win is a win is a win. You find out at that point the 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 non, I guess, physical traits of your guys, your your mental tra- traits of how tough can you be, how resilient can you be, and how are you able to put a game that you played like dog crap behind you and just go out and win a football game. There's a lot of value in that. And then you come back into the Sanford game and you say, okay, we know that we can run the football. We know that we can do this, that, and the other. We're going to come in. We're going to establish that we can pass the ball. We're going to give our QB1, and we're going to make him QB1 and and let him know that he can go out there and make mistakes. We're going to have his back, and there's something to be said for that, by the way. But you can you can look in and say, okay, we had a definitive game plan here. We knew what we were working on. We had a uh, you know in this game we had a definitive game plan. We knew what we were working on that Cal game. We just wanted to win a damn ball game, and we went out and did that. That's still mission success on a lot of levels. So that's I know that that was a long winded answer to kind of expand on what you already said, Colin. And I apologize for kind of running in circles around you, but that was kind of where my head was at. I think this benefits Auburn tremendously when you're going into Texas A and M, as Colin mentioned. First off, every single game on your schedule is important for one reason or another. This one certainly is one of the more important games on the schedule. It's going to set the pace and set the tone for where you're going to be coming down the stretch. You've got one of the slates of all time coming up. Uh, You've got Georgia at home, and and then you've got LSU on the road. Um, It it doesn't get any more brutal than that slate in the SEC. I mean, it's just tough. You play in the West, and things change next year, whatever, so be it. Daniel Dillon, I'm going to ask you guys, if this schedule would have been any, I guess, easier, would you have felt as 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 good about where Auburn is right now as you do? No. Um, no, because it wasn't hard right. uh, at all. It's not like one of these um, – it's not like your group of five team was an App State or a Tulane – or a, a UAB, sure. um, or just one of the or a Cincinnati, someone of that. He had to say that to make Dylan happy. Um, just, they're Big Twelve soon in due time. No, they're now. No, no they are right now. Oh. Right now. <laughs> that started this year. <laughs> the more you know. Um, yeah, but it's not like you're playing a team from one of the. It's not like you're playing one of these group of five teams that's, you know, really really good, and. It's not like you're playing an FCS opponent that, like your North Dakota states of the world or anything like that. And then, you know, your Power Five opponent was also another mid team. Um, but there's value in it. This didn't need to be a year where you play a really good Penn State team, exactly, or you know, team, better group of five. Like you know, like I think for what they for what Auburn needed this year, this non-con was great. Um, you know, Cal was really good in an area that Auburn needed to test in. That's stopping the run. That's right. Um, Sanford throws the ball a lot. That's something that Auburn needed to test there too. UMass tested Auburn in a variety of areas that they needed. So I feel like they this non-con prepared Auburn pretty well, um, all things considered. And kind of like what we were talking about yesterday, I feel like it, you know, I don't really use the word perfect, but did the job. Agree. Dylan, did you want to expand on that at all before we move forward? Yeah, I mean, just going through the three games, I mean, UMass, uh, easy win. Uh, we all expe- uh, Easy win we all expected. Uh, and things we saw that need to be improved on to go to Cal. 
a game that we thought was going to be a pretty easy win. Uh, wasn't that. Uh, and again, found some things that need to be worked on. Samford, known as a giant killer. Auburn went in, left 17 points off the board, and made that score look a little bit better than it should have been. That should have been a, a what is it? Let's see, uh, 52. 62. Yeah, so uh, these games, all in all, showed Auburn what they did, showed us all what Auburn does very well, and showed us all what Auburn is to step up in. And I think it leads up perfectly into SEC play. I think you start off with, I won't say the best conference opponent, uh, but I would say probably the closest to the level of play that Auburn is going to have. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. In, in one of the more hostile environments you'll play in, especially since it's still early season in College Station and they've not jumped ship yet, that will happen in due time. Yeah, nothing brings me more fear in my life than the midnight yeah. yell. Yeah, that's it. Actually, it does scare me. Like it, people thinking that that's cool and then willingly doing that. Blink twice, you're being held hostage. Anyways, <laughs> we, we've, we've put a nice bow on this non con conversation. Please drop in the comments, like, subscribe, ring the bell, and let us know what your thoughts are on how'd you grade out Auburn. Um, offense, defense, overall, how do you grade the preparation provided by this non-conference slate? We want to hear your thoughts on how Auburn gets the job done in Aggie Land on Saturday, and we'll be talking about that all week. It's going to be a jam-packed week full of buzzword Jimbo Fisher. If you're going to start a college loop drinking game, it'd probably be like mention Jimbo Fisher's buyout. Colin has a pause moment, um, and that's what I've got right now. And then don't drop back if you're really trying to get a buzz. Um, so that's that's probably your college loop drinking game. But – before we get into the rest of the show, I just wanted to let everybody know, if you're feeling loopy, we can really help you out with that. We've got an opportunity for you. I with NFL trade proposal, you give thewarreport.com $25. We give you a feeling loopy t-shirt. Dylan, just throw the graphic up there. Awesome. Appreciate you, my man. Comes in five different co- colorways. The feeling loopy college, war, excuse me, college loop, war report, co-branded t-shirt. One of the most comfortable shirts you will ever own. My favorite shirt in my closet. Just pulled it out of the dryer earlier today. Going to be wearing it on the Wednesday, excuse me, Thursday installment of the college loop. Looking forward to that. Gentlemen, let's move forward. And I forgot to mention, if you don't feel like typing it in the search bar, you can just go to the description wherever you're listening. So thank you for that. And take a picture in your t-shirt, hashtag feeling loopy, send it on Twitter. We'll throw it up on the stream. I promise. Like that. And even even lo- load it up in the in the text too. That's right. And, that's right. That's right. And the chat replay that's over there. Yeah, right, right. Or, Gentlemen, yeah, it's time right. to talk Auburn basketball. Very briefly, just gonna mention this super, super, super quickly. Um, right here on the college loop, we're talking men's hoops, Bruce Pearl and the boys back in action at holiday hoops giving. For the third consecutive year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Three years, not four. Three, yeah, three or four. It's uh, yeah, it's it was Nebraska, then it was Memphis, Memphis. in that atrocious. Anyways, I don't want to talk about that. But there was another uh, Memphis game before that. Um, a couple years prior, though, I think. Oh, pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Yeah. Right. But Auburn will be returning back to State Farm Arena, which is essentially when when Auburn plays there, you guys turn it into Neville Arena North, which is pretty cool to watch. Um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to being there. Uh, tickets went live today. You can pick those up on Holiday Hoops Giving. Good luck using their website. It really sucks. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. It's a really, really poorly run operation. But it's cool to play at State Farm Arena, home of my Atlanta Hawks. So 49 days till basketball, gentlemen. Pretty fun matchup with, with uh, Daniel's beloved Indiana Hoosiers. I know that uh, this is going to be tugging at the heartstrings for him, but a little too early to really kind of get into the nitty gritty of that. I think we'll, we'll spend some time. I don't know what a Hoosier is. Auburn by 50. Hoosier? I hardly know her. Anyway. <laughs> Webster defines a Hoosier as a native person of the state of Indiana. 
That's awesome. I love that clapback. That was good. That was really good. And Daniel should do that more. Um, Daniel's gonna have just web his his like pocket dictionary on 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 standby at all times. And that, no, I've got that one memorized for the amount of times I've been asked that question. Put it on a t-shirt. They should. They, they should. That's sell. Adidas, no. if you're listening, that's sell. Like freaking hotcakes. Anyways. Yeah. Moving on from men's basketball, we're going to talk a little bit about Auburn soccer. Just touch base on that super, super quick. Lost zero, excuse me, nil one to Mississippi State. And we'll play Missouri on Thursday at 6.30 p.m. What's that bring their overall conference or overall record to, gentlemen? Four, three, and one. Four, three, and one. Um, Group's got to kind of get it back together, rein it back in. But we mentioned before the season started, right, that we kind of expected Auburn to be middle of the pack. Daniel, you were talking about that earlier. Um, This is about the pace we expected to be on at this point, correct? Karen Hoppe and 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 her group. Daniel's giving the thumbs up, which means I can continue moving on to volleyball and turn the reins over to Mr. Colin Beiersdorf when he's going to talk about Auburn. Checking in at number 24 nationally. Colin, Auburn is officially, in my opinion, uh, the best uh, volleyball team in the state of Alabama after winning the Alabama Challenge and finishing non-con schedule 10-1 and one, um, after, like I said, sweeping that challenge this past weekend at home. Like, not home. That was on the road, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that was in South Alabama. That's, that's um, so in Mobile. I love that. But um, yeah, that took care of business in the Invitational. Um, the girls are doing great. Akasha Anderson, Madison Shear are just getting kills galore off both ends. And then on the other side of the ball, Kendall Kemp and Kayla Swanson blocking anything that comes at them. And then Jackie Barrett's dishing up assists uh, all game long. She has 365 on the season. That feels like a next, lot. That's 300 more than anybody player, else. <laughs> yeah, the next closest player has 59. So That's nuts. Um, she's, she's putting in work. Um, they're playing Florida. Who's the number three, uh, team in the country. Uh, we're undefeated until this week when they lost to Wisconsin, who is the number one ranked team. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it, it might be a little bit of an ass kicking. Um, if we're being honest, upset, they, alert. upset alert, upset alert, uh, they play Ole Miss on Sunday though. So hopefully a good bounce back game to end the week off. Or Would you say that Jackie Baird is the Steve Nash of volleyball <laughs> <laughs> of Auburn volleyball. I could put yes. that in that lore. I could put that in that lore. <laughs> yes, certainly uh, certainly wishing them the best as they come down the stretch this week um, or start off their SEC slate. Who knows? Colin, you said bounce back game. Who knows? It could just be yeah. the second straight win in SEC play. I mean, put it, don't don't count Brent Crouch and company out. Just I just don't. I just whenever I, I wrote them off when I when they were coming back when I was in school post-COVID, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be a long way back. Brent Crouch was like, hey, metaphorical middle finger, watch me. <laughs> I'm just not listening to the doubters. And here we are. And one of the one of the premier programs at Auburn University. It's nice to have Auburn. two two athletic programs in the state of Alabama that are the best in the state of Alabama. Both yeah. volleyball and football. Yeah. yeah we're not we're, okay, whatever. I thought statistically, go, statistically speaking. I thought he was gonna go with basketball and I was gonna be like, I'm actually like Oh, I'm, dang you know, three. I'm, I was actually going to be behind him on that. Hey, our baseball program is way better. That's four. Equestrian. Gymnastics. Five. Six. Go- women's golf. Men's golf. Seven, men's tennis. Eight, women's tennis. Nine. Ten. Keep, keep me going. Swim and dive. <laughs> Club sports. Swim and dive. Facts, though. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Men and women. Twelve. Turn me up. Turn me <laughs> up. Now just win the damn cool. year-long Iron Bowl, please. Yes. <laughs> That'll do it for today's show. We've got a lot, a lot of AM content coming on coming up down the stretch of this week. And looking forward to bringing that to you guys. You good, Dylan? We should bring B Will on <laughs> for this week. Why? I think he would get along very well uh, <laughs> during the pregame uh, pregame show. Okay. No. 
Um, I'm not scaring <laughs> off student journalists that are working their butts off to try to get try to make a career. You can hate the Aggies all you want, but we will always support student journalists here on the on the college loop. Daniel Locke, tell everybody where they can find you, love you, support you, check out your work, etc. You can follow me on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer, at Daniel J. Locke. I'm not going to do the point thing, so I'll mess it up. Um, uh, written work. Oh, yeah, that's right. 1819 <laughs> News. Got some really cool stuff coming out this week. Auburn Daily, Braves Today. The Auburn Plains, whichever one you want to see my byline in. I mean, it kind of depends on what kind of content you want to see. But, uh, yeah, those places. That's right. Mr. Byersdorf. Before you tell everybody where they can find you, love you, support you, there are two ways that people can find love and support us. Do you know the two ways that we, they can be the biggest supporters? Okay, so number one, number one, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe to the College Loop. He's <laughs> learning. <laughs> number two, you can leave a like. That helps too. Number three, buy the damn shirts. Yes, turn me up, Colin. For every every one of you who watches the video and doesn't subscribe, we take one meal away from Colin Byersdorf. I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, tell me where they can find you. Love you and support you. Yeah, um, I'll do the point. Um, shit. It is hard. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, just uh, at Byersdorf Colin, uh, B-E-Y-E-R-S-D-O-R-F Colin. And that's on Twitter or my ex. Okay. Yeah, Dylan's, Dylan's lost it. I might wind up having to pull us out of here. Um, like Colin said, the number one way you guys can support us is by subscribing and, and liking this video. Subscribe to the channel. Want to get to a thousand by the end of football season. You guys are the reason we can do all of this. We appreciate you guys sincerely. Make sure to check out thewarreport.com. Pick up your college loop. Uh, Warreport co-branded t-shirt. If you're looking for the college loop on socials, that's at, at the college loop on Twitter, X, redirects. That's on Instagram. That is, you can find us on Facebook, anywhere that you're at. We can find you, or you can find us rather. If you want to listen to the show other places other than YouTube, or if you're not watching on YouTube, you can find us there on our YouTube channel. That's on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music. There you I go. I believe. Yep. Got yeah. them all. And I'm at by Harrison Tar, like I mentioned. Dylan, I'm, all you have to do is just say your name and get out of here. <laughs> Well, I, I feel like I just got my job stolen from me. I yeah. Well, you my... weren't breathing, so uh, you're not. I was you're breathing. Starving, Colin, until we get until we get the the subscriber count we need, and you're just not. You're donating oxygen so he can at least have like air to eat. Oh, that's not how that works. That'd be carbon dioxide. Yeah. Either way, no, you're, sleep you're not. Later. You're not intaking. I'm intaking oxygen. oxygen. No, you I mean, couldn't it be donating. It would be donating it. It'd you're be, dying. It would just be. No one is dying because you guys aren't subscribing to the channel. And I'm Colin gonna, is starving. Daniel and I are doing fine. I'm going to save y'all from listening to Tar Talk anymore for the rest of this episode. I'm Dylan Lark at Evil the Tank on Twitter slash X at Redirects. It's just right there at Evil the Tank at Y A B O I the Tank. Also got me on Instagram at Dylan Lark at D Y L A N L A R C K. Check us out on socials at The College Loop literally everywhere. And again, if you're tired of seeing Tar's face, I completely understand. Me Do too. what you said earlier. Go listen to the audio versions as well. Show us some love. Rate them five stars. Give us likes. Give us comments because we love getting that engagement and we love responding to y'all as well. So leave comments, leave some questions. We'll bring them up on the show. And with all of that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast. How'd you do the...